brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I mean, I don't like Tokyo Drift, but I can see why people would like that. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, if you like to drift. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Rockatopia. A happy home for recommended movies, shows, and music from two people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region, no guarantee is implied. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. But there's a body in the window seat! We know. You know? Of course. Yes, but it has nothing to do with Teddy. Hey, hello, everybody. Hey, howdy. Yeah, this is Recotopia, episode 19. 19. Uh, That's one of my favorite songs. 19. I'm just kidding. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, I'm Chris Atkinson. And I'm Jeremy Scott. Mm-hmm. And today's be- big recommend is Arsenic and Old Lace. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, I think it's our first classic that has been uh, uh, recommended, unless we're talking, unless we think the movies from the '90s are classics or whatever. But I don't know. Mm. Uh, well, that could be a whole podcast discussion uh, unto itself. But um, anyway, how's everybody out there in the chat doing? Uh, we got our usual, some of our usual crew here. Um, and someone slab is like, oh my God, it's the guys from the videos. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's us. It's, it's us. It's the people. It's the people. Um, uh, anyway, um, before we get into the big recommends, you got any small recommends? It's no big deal. It's so small and light. It's small. It's tiny. It's petite. It's wee. Yes. Yes. In unprecedented fashion, I'm going off book. Off book. And my first small recommend mm-hmm. is, uh, I'm going to give it uh, one and two-thirds thumbs up. One and two-thirds. Um, oh, that's painful. It's the recent uh, Sandra Bullock, The Lost City. Ah. Channing Tatum and Brad Ooh. Pitt and Daniel Radcliffe. Ooh. Um, <clears throat> I didn't give it two full thumbs up because this is it's not great. Mm-hmm. But I think you can have a really good time with it. Uh, and it has some really good moments. It's not at all... Uh, as much like romancing the stone as I expected. Have you seen this? I have not. Okay. So Sandra Bullock is this uh, former legitimate, like, archaeologist writer whose writings never went anywhere and she never found the thing she was looking for. She wrote a romance novel just to pay the bills and it took off. Now she's a hugely successful, popular romance novelist who hates the fact that she's a romance novelist because she really is an archaeologist. <laughs> Channing Tatum is. The, the cover model who is is dumb and not smart enough for her. And Brad Pitt is like this uh, James Bondian uh, rescue person. Uh, the biggest surprise for me was Daniel Radcliffe. He's having a blast uh, playing the bad guy uh, who basically kidnaps Sandra Bullock's character. Um, <laughs> there's a part where Brad Pitt's trying to rescue them from 
uh, Radcliffe's bad guy camp, uh, and he set explosives on all these cars and he's running. You've seen in the trailer where they're slow-mo running and all the explosions are happening behind mm-hmm. them. <laughs> then it cuts to Daniel Radcliffe walking up and he goes, why are things exploding? Uh, and he's just, <laughs> he's just having so much fun. Uh, my wife and I both enjoyed this and laughed a lot more than we expected. Uh, I might not recommend it if it was in theaters and you had to pay full price for it. Um, but something that you can stream or rent, uh, I think you guys, most of you will have a pretty good time here. Um, I certainly did. That's my first small recommendation. I think it's great that Daniel Radcliffe, um, you know, he obviously, he could have taken some sort of route with his acting career where we would have always just been like, well, there's Harry Potter. He's Harry trying to be something else and whatever. But he instantly started taking all these weird out there roles. And I I think he's probably quietly got like 50 or 60 credits at this point because he's in a lot of things. Um, One of the very first things he did was do that stage play in London where he went full moon. And I was like, okay, he's trying to make sure we see the range. Mm -hmm. We see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's it's funny that I think think from what I understand, his his parents weren't weren't terrible. So he got to keep a lot of the money that he earned on Harry Potter. (laughs) Good good uh, for them. And and so he's able to just do whatever he wants. It doesn't matter. Like he can take all the risks that he wants. So it's pretty awesome. Yep. Um I uh I recently got the uh Blu-ray for The Northman. Mm. Um it's a movie that I had uh been wanting to see in theaters but just never got around to it and it finally came out. Um uh, Eggers is one of those directors that's uh, I have had kind of a like uh uh, off and on, like I kind of like what I like the what this guy's doing, but I don't know if I like the movies that I'm watching. You know, one of those type yeah. of things. <laughs> so, guys, yeah. he did the witch, and he did the the lighthouse, and and uh, and another. He's doing another the thing here. Um. Uh. But uh, this one's probably his most accessible movie. It has an actual like you know. There's not a lot of like super weirdness, although there is some super weirdness in it. Um, but Alexander Skarsgård, uh, plays a guy who, when he was a kid, his uncle killed his father, took over the throne. Um, and, um, he run, he runs away. They think he's dead. He goes off to, I guess, from what I think the movie is saying is, uh, is, is, uh, old Russia, not called Russia yet. Um, I see. and, uh, he, he trains with another group of, of, uh, people who don't like uh these northmen these vikings i guess is what they're uh, uh, they're they're trying to say they are or whatever i don't know if that's what they're saying but there's a lot of viking names and words and stuff in this but um but uh he trains with them and they go to they go to attack uh this is many years later they go to attack and and uh he hears through the grapevine that the uh his his uncle no longer in power in that place anymore got taken over immediately uh by some other faction and basically he killed his brother for no killed his dad for no reason um and so now he's trying to he's going to he has to find he has to find where this guy is and he's he he learns that he's a shepherd somewhere a, a wealthy shepherd somewhere in like I don't know what country it is but uh, he, he poses as a slave to get to this place. Um, and, uh, 
and, uh, you know, comes in and uh, starts to planning his revenge and everything. Nicole Kidman plays his mom and you have um, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy as the as the another another woman looking for some sort of like revenge or some sort of, uh, you know, uh, place in this world or whatever. Of course, they become uh, romantically entangled during during this and everything. But uh, I really liked it. It's just one of those very visceral movies. Eggers likes to keep the camera on things. It's not it's not a lot of uh, quick cutting and all that. Uh, if you're if you're into the, the that you know that Ari Aster Eggers, uh, you know the guy who did uh, Green Knight, uh, you, you know, mm. if you're into those guys' aesthetic, you know this is the this is kind of in that in that same mold. I feel like a lot of these movies that these guys have made in like 20 years, we might be looking back at them as like the new Scorsese or the new whatever, because this is a this is the new way of storytelling now it could completely not translate at all and i'm just you know totally wrong but i think this is something that we i think this is ahead of its time kind of uh yeah i i'm interested in this one uh i i watched the lighthouse a few weeks ago mostly because there was nothing else on that i hadn't seen Mm -hmm. and that was an experience um but the green knight is the outlier for me and I when I really really did mm-hmm. uh, whereas most of the other ones in these guys pool I uh, have not quite vibed well with me but the trailer for the Northman was outstanding mm-hmm. uh, I wonder if it promised more action than the film actually has because I think that might be the case mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't yeah there's not like a lot of action in this it's a it's a lot of like you know it's like you know it's a it's a kind of a testosterone movie it thought thought of it as braveheart in vikings times basically is kind of what this oh, okay. is um uh I, although maybe maybe less action than braveheart because braveheart's a lot of battle scenes and stuff like that this one is more yeah. he he feels like he needs to like um it's more a little bit more cerebral uh but there is a lot of like there i will warn you there's a lot of like pretty grotesque violence although it's it's shot in a way that it's not like oh so sick but there are some where you're like you're gonna go oh oh," that kind of thing so awesome awesome mm -hmm. all right going off book for my second small recommend Mm -hmm. no i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. go Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna recommend a television show that I've only seen a few episodes of. Okay. But my wife has watched all seven seasons, and it's Grace and Frankie. Okay. Um, I've seen this, is this a show on uh, Netflix. cover somewhere from, yeah. Yeah, basically, if you just look at it from the outside, it probably looks like a, a sitcom for boomers, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's more than that. The, the premise is Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, two of our best performers of all time, play people that their entire lives have hated each other. But just recently, their husbands, Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston, have decided they're gay. Okay. And they want to be with each other. Okay. And that causes Grace and Frankie to end up as initially unwelcome friends uh they're in the same predicament they have to turn to each other and that's sort of the base premise but man that is a that's such a great cast and they're all at the top of their game um every time i walked in over the last several weeks while my wife was binging this show i would have a genuine laugh 
Uh, sometimes I would sit and watch an episode with her. Uh, supporting cast is great. Uh, Ethan Embry's in this. Um, and it's just really well written, uh, really well performed. Uh, it does get into some very special episodes and drama stuff. And of course, all four of those actors leads can handle that stuff without a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't feel sitcom-y, even though it is. I don't know. I can't articulate the reasons, whether it's the, the way they shot the thing or just the way it's delivered. But a lot of sitcoms that I've seen, like Big Bang Theory or The Two Broke Girls, it always feels very walk to your mark, make this expression, <laughs> deliver the line. Yeah. And this show doesn't feel like that. Uh, and I don't think we're alone. It's 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.2 on IMDb. Mm. Um, and like I said, seven seasons. Uh, they wrapped up on their own terms. They did not get canceled. And uh, I think it's really solid. And uh, if you're looking for a, a new sitcom to binge or have on in the background, uh, lighten the mood because mm -hmm. of all the shitty news in the world. Sure. Grace and Frankie oh, on Netflix. Nice. Um, and uh, my uh, my second small recommend is going to be, uh, I think it was like a week or so ago, uh, Bo Burnham on his YouTube channel oh. uh, released an hour-long uh, outtakes of Inside, which was our... Uh, because of the arcane way we do voting on this show, <laughs> our our best movie of uh, 2021. Uh, not to despair, you know, uh, uh, not to um, say that this isn't good or anything like that. But no, no. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, he put in this he put in this uh, hour long outtakes thing on his YouTube channel, and it's and it's. I think this is fascinating, especially if you've seen Inside, and I still recommend this movie to you, Jeremy, if you haven't seen it. Um, the uh, the process that he's going through during all of this. If you don't know the story of it, is that he, during the pandemic, he wanted to make a special, and, and it went longer than he thought. It went from, like, somewhere in 2020 to all the way into 2021, uh, that he was he was trying to come up with content for this thing. In the outtakes, you can see him just experimenting with things, like trying to see what this does and what this does, and like sitting around just trying to come up with ideas and uh, and everything. And it's a I think I think this is as important to watch if you like Inside uh, as the movie itself because it's hmm. it's it kind of just tells you what kind of state of mind he's in a lot of times people go well how do people come up with this stuff or how do they do that and whatever a lot of times it's so much failure and so much mm -hmm. and this isn't to say that the stuff that he has in the outtakes isn't entertaining or anything that a lot of it is ridiculously entertaining uh it's just that there are times where you don't know what as a creative person you don't know what you're going to do you don't have any idea what's going what, right and he's there's days he's just obviously just like he's like sullen and like i don't know what i don't know what to do and then you just see him like trying things and whatever and it's a lot of stuff here ended up would have been fine in the actual special itself um one that got circulated pretty well was the one where he's basically doing Joe Rogan's podcast. And that was really funny. Oh, I actually saw this. One. Yeah. Which is really, really funny. Um, uh, so, uh, uh but he, he has a lot of others. He, he did some, he did some, uh, fun things with, uh, 
like the camera and like uh, repeated footage and th- things like that, where you know you you put the camera on something and then it, that footage shows the other footage inside and then the other footage inside and then the other footage inside. <laughs> he did a lot. He did something with that in the main special, but he you can see him like trying all sorts of different kinds of that particular idea in these outtakes. Um, so what a gift he just he just gave everybody who liked Inside um hmm. uh to put that on his youtube channel and it's got it's an hour long so uh it's it's uh it's continuing uh you know your enjoyment that you had with that so anyway highly recommend his uh his outtakes from that awesome movie. that joe rogan thing was really funny. it's really um good. but yeah i think i do need to watch this i do need to bump it further up my list because it seems more and more my thing um but yeah i mean i don't think anybody who's creative um experiments how our own our own youtube story starts with a bunch of failures mm-hmm. yep. like it's just experimentation until you find something that works that, that you I mean, we had an email exchange when we found the thing we thought would work we were like yeah this is going to be the thing mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I definitely need to put this on my list. Yeah, I don't. I I like. It. I think that you've been warned that there are there is discussion of things that might be your trigger, but yeah, I I say it in good faith that you would not uh, watch this and feel the need to turn it off. Um, it's 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 that kind of compelling type of thing, and this is the type of. I think this is the type of thing that. Six months down the road, if you've watched it one time, you're going to tell me that you've seen it ten times. You know that's that's the way that's the way I feel about that that movie and these outtakes. So, uh, so anyway, there you go. All right, I guess it's time now for this week's big recommend. The big recommend. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just that you're so big. It's so huge. It's a good rule, but this is bigger than rules. It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I noticed. Arsenic and Old Lace. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. This movie is near and dear to my heart uh, for many, many reasons. My mother exposed it to me or exposed me to it. Um, That's a weird phrasing. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was pretty young, um, you know, old enough to understand, you know, that it's okay. Like, old enough to understand what was going on in the movie and not be like, oh, murder is cool. Um, <clears throat> but still probably n- not a teen. I would say maybe nine or ten when I first started watching this movie. Mm-hmm. We would watch it almost annually. Like, it's a wonderful life. And I also was in this play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arsenic and Old Lace was a stage play before it was a film. Yep. I did the play in college. Um, anyway, uh, there's fascinating trivia here. Kerry Grant famously did not like his own performance in this film. Yeah. He did not enjoy working with Frank Capra. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though I think Cary Grant is one of the very best performances in this film. Yeah. Um, and this is, like we said last week in prep, a, a classic slamming door farce. Uh, a, a, a writer uh, who's famous for hating marriage um, gets married and decides to come home and tell his two favorite aunts that he's getting married <clears throat> and in the process discovers that they have a dead body in the window seat. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> over the course of the film, he discovers that they've got 11 dead bodies down buried in the basement yeah. and they have been uh, what they call a mercy, a kindness. They have been poisoning lonely old men 
Uh, they bring them in, give them dinner and poison them. And the, the old men die and have a peaceful look on their face. And then they bury him in the basement. They conveniently have the help uh, of another nephew who, who believes himself to be Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. And so he goes down to, to dig another lock for the canal for another yellow fever victim. Uh, and they've just worked their own murders into his fantasies. Um, and then the other brother, uh, Jonathan, Mortimer's older brother, who's basically, you know, evil incarnate, yeah. comes home with his right-hand man, Dr. Einstein. Uh, he's an actual murderer. <laughs> Jonathan has killed uh, 11 people himself and has a 12th body with mm-hmm. him. Uh, and when he sees the hole in the basement, he decides, oh, I'm going to put my dead body in here. Mm-hmm. The reason this movie is so hilarious is that it's the timing of when people find out and what they find out, mm-hmm. right? Like the way it's slowly revealed for some characters, uh, it's just everything is revealed at the exact perfect moment for maximum comedic effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and... One of the things I noticed the most watching it for this podcast that I hadn't paid attention to much uh, in previous viewings is all the camera work, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when they quote unquote turn off the lights uh, and the old women have gone to bed and people are sneaking out and moving bodies. The shadow and light work is astounding. Really this is a comedy, <laughs> but it's like Academy Award worthy. Uh, they actually built this entire house. Um, Capra wanted to shoot every single scene in this one set. They ended up having to compromise and shoot some scenes elsewhere. But they built this house so that they could shoot in every single room and exteriors. Um, and, but it's a real house. They, they built and furnished every single room. They shot scenes in the, the aunt's bedroom that never ended up in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, I believe it was the biggest film set ever built. That fascinating. Yeah. Uh, because you really do get a sense of space mm-hmm. in this movie, particularly that main living room. And it's it's fairly important for a couple of the suspenseful moments to know where you are in relation to everything that's happening. Um, but I had, I had never paid much attention to the camera work. I had always focused more on the comedy. Some of it's physical, like when he's poking his brother's leg with a fork <laughs> to see if it has any feeling in it or not. Um, <clears throat> I, I adore this. I love watching it. Um, with what I remember and know from doing the play, I played O'Hara, the cop who wants to be a writer. Oh, yeah. Popping in <laughs> yeah. Uh, and looks up to Mortimer. That was my role. Um, and one of the things I remember most about this play was how much we fuck with each other with that window seat. Because in our on our set, when you went into the kitchen, uh, you were actually invisible to the audience, but right behind the window. Mm-hmm. And the window seat's back was empty, so the dead body could slide in there when it was time to pull him out in that window seat. Because there's so many moments where somebody walks over and opens it to look inside, and sometimes it would be us making faces, uh. sometimes it would be fake dog crap. <laughs> like we were trying to make people break as much as possible yeah. with that freaking window seat. Let's hear what your impressions are on your most recent viewing of Arsenic and Old Lake. Yeah, this is my third, uh, third. Uh... Uh, attempt on this movie i uh i had seen it a long time ago like i said uh, in the middle of a whole bunch of classics probably watching a bunch of cary grant back in the day because cary grant was known for this kind of movie 
especially in this era, like uh, His Girl Friday and The Awful Truth and all those type of movies. Hmm. Um, uh, so uh, the first impression I had, amazingly enough, is that I really love Priscilla Lane in this movie. Mm. Um, yeah. He plays his wife, Emily, I uh, or, or Lane. I just thought she was fantastic, and I, I, think, I don't think I had really recognized how good she is in this. She's playing the straight person in this whole uh madcap thing but there's so many things where she's just so positive and cheery and and uh just wants to be with this guy who's probably doesn't deserve her and and uh and just she's she's very good and this is like one of her last performances she went and went oh. the domestic route after this um, oh well good for her uh, but um but uh the other thing is that Cary Grant I was sitting there going man he is over the top, but why do I like his over the topness in this? And then I was surprised mm -hmm. to find out, find out later that he did not like the performance, like you had mentioned. And I was I was kind of I was I was wondering like if there's a control to this over the topness that we don't see when people generally go over the top in their acting. Um, there's just something. It, it may just be him. It may just be the fact that Cary Grant is likable. Like if we saw Tom Hanks do this, we'd be fine with it, mm. you know. But if it was some other actor doing the over the topness, we'd be like, boy, this. What does this guy think he getting? Can he get away with this? Um, no, maybe. But uh, but yeah, I I love how the 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 two ants have absolutely no remorse whatsoever. They think it's a good <laughs> thing that they're doing this. <laughs> They think it's a, they, 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 even when the cop is like, I'm going to go down there and check the cellar. They're like, oh, there's bodies buried down there if you want to see them. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and so, and, and, you know, like I, there's, there's so many things as a comedy appreciator that I like in this. Right off the bat, it tells you that you're going to watch something insane. So it, it, it goes and it shows a baseball game. Um, mm -hmm. and it shows like a brawl that's so bad that fans get into the, into the field and all that. And like, uh, uh, and then it tells its very subtle joke right after that, where it says, meanwhile, in the United States proper, <laughs> after just leaving Brooklyn, they show, yeah. uh, they show, uh, uh Cary Grant and, and Priscilla Lane, uh, uh, getting a marriage license. And, uh, but, um. Uh, and then, and then when Cary Grant calls the, uh, the, uh, the asylum place and, uh, and, uh, he goes, my, my brother thinks he's Roosevelt. He's playing the bugle and it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, the neighbors are complaining and all that. And he goes, Oh no, we already have so many Roosevelt's as it is. You know what? There's, so, <laughs> there's already this, there's already a lot of people playing Roosevelt and he's like, he's like, and then, and then, you know. It, fruitlessly this guy's like we could we could take a napoleon if you got a napoleon <laughs> and he's like and he, he's, you hear him say bonaparte it's bonaparte <laughs> you know like he has to he has to like tell cary grant what kind of napoleon he's talking about <laughs> um, that's the type of thing that just uh that really gets me into it is that it's an assured comedy like this is one where you they they're very confident in what is funny and what and they go they go off the deep end in a in a terrific way um and uh and so yeah th th for this this new viewing uh was was w w better than the other two for by far um i had found out a lot of stuff too on this one 
they had they were shooting this this movie came out in 1942 43 somewhere around there mm-hmm. maybe even 44 because uh they were about to be finished or close to finished and then pearl harbor happened think oh, wow. about that the pearl harbor happened and then five days later frank capra uh, is enlisting in the army. Frank Capra did a whole bunch of like films for the United States Army, I believe. After this, um, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, he had to he had to file an extension uh, with them to try to complete this movie. Um, this was a play. Yes, it was a play. Like in 1941, that's when they first the the play first started, and they had yep. um, they got nearly everybody from that play in this movie except for boris karloff who all throughout this movie they're saying that the raymond massey character who's playing the other brewster brother or the 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 sinister brewster brother uh is they keep saying he looks like boris karloff all the way through it uh but they couldn't get boris karloff because the people the broadway producers said they couldn't have Boris Karloff. They were afraid that their play wouldn't do well uh, if they didn't have Boris Karloff. And those- the, studio, the studio offered them Humphrey Bogart mm-hmm. for the play. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is, a, this is an interesting case study in celebrity and, and, mm-hmm. and the, the power of star uh, draw because the two, the two ants mm-hmm. were in the play. They were allowed to leave to go film. Yeah. But they weren't the names that Boris Karloff was. Mm-hmm. But Karloff, I think, history looks good on him because he had to give permission for them to use his name in the film mm-hmm. and make those jokes, mm-hmm. and he did. So I think that's pretty big of him, but it's fascinating to me that the play was going on while the filming was going on. This would be like if they made a, a movie of Hamilton in the first year of Hamilton's run, mm-hmm. and everybody except Lin-Manuel yeah. <laughs> was allowed to go film it. Right. Um, it's just a fascinating situation how it all came to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of, like, interesting ins and outs of this whole thing. I think it ended up not being able to get any Oscar consideration because of how long it had been delayed. It had been shot mm. in 41 and 42. And I don't – they actually – I think the only showing in 1942 was Frank Capra showing it to U.S. Army members back in the day. Um, there was a, yeah, there was a thing in the IMDb trivia that said when Capra was in Europe before the film had released, he heard soldiers doing the charge mm, joke yeah. and realized they had seen the movie and made some inquiries and found out that one of the producers had showed it to some army and soldier people and um yeah what a strange life it had working its way to the eventual screen mm-hmm. uh, but the the content is so good i think it was going to be a classic even if it delayed 10 years before it came out mm-hmm. um <clears throat> i love i love how over the top cary grant is because of how not over the top almost every other character mm-hmm. is. i think the dr einstein character is a little over the top um and He's clearly doing, I don't know the name of the person he's kind of doing an imitation well, he's, of. He's, he's Peter Laurie. He's doing, it's him. That's, that's the, okay. that's, that's his, that's, he's, he's basically that guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are a few moments where he's, I love when he finds out 
the, the the ants have killed 12 people because he's like, it's great, Johnny. Mm-hmm. You've been chased all around the world. Mm-hmm. They stay right here in Brooklyn. They have as many as you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then they argue over one guy in South Bend, whether he counts as a kill because he died of pneumonia, but he wouldn't have died of pneumonia if I hadn't shot him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, everybody else, especially Jonathan and the two little old ladies are, are not over the top. And so you sort of need, I think, that balance of somebody who who is like the audience going, no, this is not normal. This is not normal. This is... Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, there's just, there's so much comedy, but I do think, for me, it's Cary Grant's facial expressions yeah. that make this movie. He goes through, like, three or four in one shot sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, just kind of like, a, you know, uh, the the timing in which he reacts to things is really funny. The... Uh, there are moments in here where they really went for it that I enjoyed where he's that once the big brawl happens with the cops and, 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 uh, his brother and like, you know, the doctor and everything. And that's just happening off screen behind the camera, quote unquote. And he's on the stairs and he's like, he's just like, no, 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 don't, don't bother me right now. Don't bother me. Don't like, like as if there's someone coming up to talk to him. There's nobody there talking to him, but he's just like, no, no, not right now. Not right now. Not right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, no, I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) His wife tells him off and and storms out, but he's trying to make a call and he's like, yes, thank you, dude. Thank Mm -hmm. you. What's wrong with her? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's magic. It's one of those cases where everything just came together i mean i think it would have been magic if karloff had been allowed to to play the role Mm -hmm. um but you know i'm i'm glad even though cary grant ultimately didn't love it i'm glad he did this movie and not like jimmy stewart Mm -hmm. as he suggested might have been better for the role um and i think jimmy stewart would have been great Mm -hmm. but to see this side of cary grant uh, have that on his resume, I think is awesome because mm-hmm. it shows, I mean, he's Jim Carrey, like, and so yeah, I was about to say that this is the, the precursor to what we would see with Jim Carrey later on. And, and, you know, I guess there is a tendency to look down on this for some reason, like it's not some kind of skill to be able to do an over the top acting performance, but it clearly has its place. Um, uh, you, we can't look down on that type of thing uh, because there's a there's a skill to it. You see the stuff that Jim Carrey did in the '90s, like even when the movie was bad, like you like what does it take to get into that kind of mindset for some of the things that he does in that? Uh, yep. So you have to appreciate it a lot of times, even if the movie itself may not be good or it may not be even maybe even the thing that's he's doing isn't working at least you gotta say he's he's doing something that other people can't um so yeah. um i um i wrote down one note that is inconsequential but i still wanted to mm-hmm. share because early on in the movie they're trying to show how much these ladies are loved by everyone in the neighborhood and it cuts to them in the kitchen with the half door open and all the neighbor kids there with their hands out and they hand out two pumpkins and a whole pie <laughs> to like hands that are there outside. They had a whole pie to this one kid. And I, what's he gonna do? Does he is he gonna cut it? Mm. Share it? Does he have silverware? No. So I just think that if we were sending that movie, that was something that I would probably point out. Record scratch. Put an arrow on that. Mm-hmm. And go. What the hell are they doing? Handing out a whole pie. By the way, we had a, oh, you, this. This may have been what you were thinking of with the Peter Laurie performance, uh, Obina in the the chat. 
thinks maybe it sounds it seems like Igor. Uh, yes, you know. Uh, but yes, but but that is if you see any of the Peter Lorre uh, performances, especially like Casablanca or anything like that, that's how he sounds the whole time. He sounds like that. <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah, this is a great movie. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you suggested watching this. I uh, went back over memory lane with this one. I loved it. Yeah, I'm glad. It looks like a lot of the commenters loved it. Too. Mm-hmm. So hopefully listeners enjoyed your arsenic and old lace viewing. I, for one, can't wait to find out what the surprise super secret double feature is. Be very, very quiet. Secret? What secret? A dirty little secret. I tell you something I've never told anyone. Uh, as usual, I ran the gamut. It's very, it's very, very uh, seldom that I don't think of lots of movies to go with one of these things. The first one that I thought of was The Last Supper. Um, the Last Supper Ooh. is all about poisoned wine. Um, yeah. It's a dark comedy, but it's not nearly like this. Um um you know it's it's like it, that the dark the last supper is like pitch black comedy like it's like yes. it's it's um so uh but it it definitely has its place alongside this but i can't i can't i couldn't imagine watching these back to back you'd have to watch the last supper first probably and then go to arsenic and only <laughs> uh the other one that i thought of was rope uh which is another one where a body is uh put into a box of some sort and uh you know they uh, the the two killers in the movie uh get a sick uh thrill from having a dinner party while this body is in the box next to all these party goers and everything so rope would be an excellent one but i decided to continue it on with the farce uh side of this and uh, teamed it with the bird cage ooh mm. mm-hmm I love the bird cage. Mm-hmm. The bird cage uh, is great. It's obviously very super farcical, but um, you know, uh, so Callista Flockhart before she was an Ally McBeal, uh, Ally McBeal famous, uh, is uh, you know she. This is also a new a new marriage or like an engagement or whatever, and they have that engagement party, and they're trying to keep from Gene Hackman, who's this big politician. They're trying to keep from him that her her dad is gay and you have robin williams and nathan lane playing uh this gay couple and i haven't seen this movie in forever but i just remember this this is the type of movie that arsenic and old lace is and of course hank azaria steals a lot of this uh movie uh but uh gene hackman you never really give him credit for being a good comic actor he never really did a lot of comedy but he's great in this as a comic actor Mm -hmm. and you know he had that one little cameo in young frankenstein i wish he had done more comedies in his day but um but uh you know so yeah this is that's a great cast and a great uh i think i think it goes along with the madcapness of arsenic it does because the, the comedy builds um and to the point where i am personally losing it near the end Mm -hmm. um nathan lane i mean hank azaria steals the movie but nathan lane anchors Mm -hmm. that movie yeah um and again talk about somebody who's going over the top in the right way at the right time um 
and then it, that final scene of them all in drag dancing through the, the club mm-hmm. to get away from the paparazzi <laughs> yeah. just gets me every time. It's fantastic. Uh, this, that's a remake. I've never seen the French original La Cage aux Yeah, <laughs> How's my French? Um, I should watch the original. Um, yeah, I hear I it's great, great too. French movies are usually great. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a great pick. I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen The Birdcage close to a dozen times mm-hmm. it's uh, near and dear and robin williams does a lot of robin williams there's mm. great stories of some of the lines in this that he just improved. oh yeah um <clears throat> because well, he well, can't that, help himself that <laughs> whole thing where he's like marcia graham marcia graham marcia graham and madonna 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 you madonna. know all that type of stuff is fussy fussy yeah <laughs> yeah like, and you and you hold um, it all inside um <laughs> but uh, beautiful um so, uh, so next week, oh, actually, it's going to be three weeks, I think, because we're going to oh, have yes, we two weeks off everybody. here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas. Vegas, baby. Uh, so there's, there's going to be, uh, after this podcast, there's going to be two weeks of no podcast and then there'll be an, and then there'll be a new podcast after that. You got plenty of time to watch this. You got one. plenty of time. Mm-hmm. You can watch this one on HBO Max if you have HBO Max, and then you can rent it on Amazon if you have to rent it on Amazon. But I don't know about this one for you, Jeremy. I don't know. I don't know if you're okay. going to like it. You may be a warnocopia on this one. You may be a warn. All right. 1984's Zucker Abrams Zucker Zucker movie, Top Secret. Oh. Have you ever seen this? I have seen this. But not since an age where I could properly appreciate it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it when I was probably nineteen or twenty years old. Didn't give it much attention. Very excited to go back. This is this is the people who made Airplane, yeah. right? Same people made Airplane. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same made Naked Gun um, uh, and a Police Squad just before this. Um, so. I don't I don't know how madcap and crazy you like your comedy a lot of times. This is one of these type of things where sometimes people watch a movie like Top Secret and they say that is too dumb to be funny. <laughs> there are other people like me who look at a lot of the different kinds of gags that they have in the movie. There are the way Zucker Abram Zucker used to do stuff back in the day and why it was so far superior to all the other spoof movies that came out later on is that they actually would make film choices in their comedy a lot mm. of times. Stuff that you're like, oh, that's a that's a, you know, a trope that we see in movies all the time. Um, and then they would do something, they'd spin it. It's weird though. Uh, Val Kilmer plays Elvis basically in this, and it's a World War II movie. It's about the French Resistance. Um, all of that is in there. It's really strange, but I think I think even if you may not like the movie, you're going to come out of this remembering at least ten gags that you liked. Okay. All right. So anyway. Um, Anyway, I think you've got a good shot here because I like the Naked Gun. I like, um, I like the Naked Gun sequel, mm-hmm. um, and I like Airplane. Mm-hmm. So this is the forgotten one. This is the basically the forgotten one of their of their uh, of their movies. Like I don't think this was a, a tremendous hit. And Val Kilmer back in the day used to do some really crazy comedies like this and real genius and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
uh kind of like he he i think this movie may have been the one that set him off onto i'm just going to do serious movies from now on because that mm-hmm. documentary val he he talks about i'm doing he's talking about his diary and he was like i was i'm doing this movie called top secret it has a plot that i have a very hard time telling my friends about or something like that and i'm like oh so you did this movie all in the good fun that it is and then you just didn't know how to describe it afterwards it's disappointing (laughs) but anyway uh top secret uh in a couple of weeks all right top secret i'm excited about that one Mm -hmm. i might watch it tonight no that'd be too soon Mm -hmm. um i think we should move into some questions questions question question i got something to say i want the truth i am listening First question, what movie or show do you want to have the other person watch from their list of shame most? Um, either because the movie fits them so well or because you're wanting to talk about it badly. I'm pretty sure you still haven't seen The Lives of Others. so I have not. So I am going to re-up that one today. Um, uh, this I one suppose. this one I highly considered making uh, a, a big recommend uh, movie uh for the next one i ended up on top secret but and I, i've already small recommended this movie um uh but the lives of others is really great it's gonna be it's one of those movies by the end of it that i think you will want to talk about it um so so yeah that's the one that i really want you to see righteous mm-hmm. righteous uh i wrote down that i have, i'm not actually sure if chris has seen this yet i haven't not, but eight HBO Max's series Station Eleven, mm-hmm. um, with Mackenzie Davis as basically your lead. Um, it's just this is both because I think you will enjoy it, mm-hmm. and because I need more people to talk to mm-hmm. about it. I think Dicer's the only person I know that has seen this show um, that I communicate with regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just got so much depth. And it's so expert. It's like the prestige and how it's plotted and paced. So shit that you see in episode one hits completely different when you see it again in episode five. Hits completely different when there's a big reveal in episode eight. I mean, it's just, I don't understand the brain of the people that can put something like this together. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is based on a novel. um, Maybe, I think it's based on a novel. There's a graphic novel within the story um but just really really good i think i've recommended it before at least casually uh so i will bump that up okay list. <clears throat> even though you asked me to watch two hours and i asked you to watch like mm-hmm. yep yep not fair um all right let's see moving on what is a movie or tv crossover that you would pay to see example i have always wanted to see a herbie the love bug Chitty Chitty Bang Bang crossover movie. <laughs> Honest to God, I thought that already existed. I'm not lying. That just makes so much sense. I don't know why that doesn't already exist. Um, chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Mm. I hate that movie. Mm. Um, what do you think, Chris? Um, because of because the stories are so similar, and they could they could possibly interweave, considering the subject matter. matter. Breaking Bad and Ozark would have a great crossover. Mm. Um, mm. Obviously, you would have because Breaking Bad's well, Ozark has completed. Just I haven't seen that last half that they that they came out with yet. I, can, I watched the first half. I hate how they do this now. Everybody's got to do this one half of a final season, and then we do the yeah. other half afterwards. I hate this. 
especially because once I once I was into that final season of Ozark, that f- first half, I was like, I'm ready to watch them now. And now that two months have gone by, I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna wait. For you know, I don't need to watch it now. Um, and uh, so, uh, but the the two stories have so many things in in common. Uh, you know, normal people, uh, doing, uh, basically drug deals with, with drug dealers that are uh, south of the, the south of the border, uh, getting way in over their heads, uh, trying to come up with new businesses that launder the money and all that. There's so many different things that Breaking Bad and Ozark could have in in another universe where these stories have not completed, uh you know they could have some interaction with each other and i see though one one bad thing about this this uh thing i think that if that did cross over walt would have ended up killing jason bateman and laurel Lenny, and just you know they would like you can't be a part of this anymore you know so uh (laughs) um ozark is uh on my list of shame because i know it's uh, I I have no question you know of its what? quality, and I like everybody on it. Yeah, so. Ozark is really good. I've enjoyed it. I just don't know if I would be like you have to watch this. There's there's it's good. It's for sure good, and it's it's kept my interest enough to watch everything up until this last half, which I will see at some point. But um, it, it's it's mainly because of the actors involved in it that I would I would recommend it uh, because you have if you've seen Breaking Bad you have seen a lot of the things they have to do in this um, yeah so uh, I saw I see one on the side here a comment saying um, uh, Breaking Bad and the Wire that would be pretty cool actually that would be, would a, be cool. that'd be a good good crossover if there's somebody I know would take out Walt it's Omar mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. It just depends on which season of The Wire uh, Walt shows up in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I have two. Um, I would love to see Queen Latifah's Equalizer show up in the next Denzel Equalizer mm-hmm. movie, and I've never even mm-hmm. seen her show. U-N-I-T-Y. Yeah, yeah. I just like her, and I think it would be mm-hmm. awesome, even if it was just a cameo, but especially if they, like, beat ass together mm-hmm. I think that's oh yeah that would be sweet uh, and then uh, i also would enjoy seeing the rampant nihilism of seinfeld crash into the ordered world of frazier oh yes um, oh my to a certain extent you get a little bit of that with cheers because sam is so immoral mm-hmm. uh many of those characters don't, are without morals but like seinfeld is a whole nother level of like selfishness yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and i could just see niles and fraser sputtering at it and uh their dad just loving it um other stuff in the comments uh a lion king and ghost in the darkness <laughs> yeah it was also um, a lion king and kill bill one yes obviously everybody can imagine that um uh, <laughs> Star Wars and Star Trek, sure. Although those, as someone had mentioned, they're they're completely different eras, uh, I guess. Even though Star Wars, really, come on, when come on, they're they're really on it. That's in the future. Let, let, you can say it's in the past <laughs> if you want to. It says long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but whatever. Um, nobody believes. Nobody you. believes you. Stranger Things and Gravity Falls. I've never seen Gravity Falls. I heard it's great, but I've never, I've never seen that. So The know. Office and Saw. You guys are in a spicy mood today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, as somebody who doesn't really 
like The Office, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing some of those characters go through. You know what? It's funny. I, I, I think I saw every episode of The Office, but I could totally see why someone would hate The Office, especially after <laughs> like being on part of a Sins video for one of those. I was yeah. like, there's some things that are ab- absolutely like just just completely wrong in what they're you know in 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 what they're doing here or whatever it's don't have a way to articulate it but it's just like what the fuck is this show it's not something that bothers me like like when i'm watching friends reruns on tbs and they're over and american dad comes on i've told you this i have to change the channel as fast as possible Mm. american dad is fingernails on a chalkboard sure this the office is not that when i'm on comedy central watching seinfeld reruns when they're done the office comes on and i don't rush for the remote but it just doesn't make me laugh Mm -hmm. sorry Mm um we got time for uh, at least one more maybe uh what is your favorite movie that everyone else seems to dislike? Oh, everybody's going to know my answers. Here. Yeah, I um over that that I think we've had this question in some form uh several times uh and uh you know I've said stuff like Ocean's 12 in the past but the movie now I've I've found fans since I think you and Jonathan are one uh Patrick who's in the chat is one uh uh found fans of this movie over the years but i remember when the quick and the dead came out i Mm. was on an island about that movie Hmm. like i would like talk about the quick and the dead and i heard one person i remember go what that sharon stone movie yeah that's what i think of when i say the quick and the dead that sharon stone movie even though sharon stone (laughs) is very prominent i wouldn't call it a sharon stone movie um uh, and and i'm like did you even watch it? Like the quick and the dead is awesome. And I actually even considered making it, uh, uh, one of the big recommends, uh, uh, it may end up being one at some point. Uh, but that's a, that's a great, you know, fun Western. And, and it seemed like nobody watched it and nobody liked it. So. Yeah. Interesting. I watched this movie on streaming a few years ago, um, called the signal. Mm-hmm. It's made in 2014. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's in it. Um, <clears throat> basically, about well, it's about a signal mm-hmm. and some sci-fi mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. and possible mm-hmm. uh, superpowers. The government people, scientists, are chasing this guy. Anyway, uh, I watched this movie and I was digging it hard. And I came out of it and I went, I wonder what the internet thinks of this movie. Not good. Mm-hmm. nobody likes this movie um and uh i have never gone back to it but i will defend the fact that i really really dug it um anyway um you know i could just say horrible bosses too yeah but yeah you guys all know that yeah that's uh that is a funny thing that you saw that one first and now the first one which has all the jokes from the second one uh <laughs> you're like i don't like that first one is good um i uh <laughs> see down here uh the weatherman which is that's another that's a good choice i i could have picked that one too um uh that 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 one alone just for the nicholas cage going down the sidewalk trying to get that item for his wife or whatever he's trying to remember whatever that item was and then he sees that woman who's that really hot woman in front of him and he's like i wish i had two dicks and 
<laughs> just in the middle is a stream of consciousness thing and he's like talking about like you know eggs or something eggs a dozen eggs dozen eggs i wish i had two dicks you know that's really funny um yeah. uh somebody oh uh, somebody likes tokyo drift mm, i can see that i can see why i can i can see that paul blart some brave people in the chat today i mean i don't like tokyo drift but i can see why people would like that um yeah no i mean if you like to drift (laughs) (laughs) yes yes indeed tokyo yes uh let's go one more one more since we are taking a two-week break we'll give them the bone here is a potentially interesting question well we'll be the judge of that what person or event do you believe should have a movie made about it or them um so a documentary has been made about this and it's a perfectly good documentary. I just think this is one of those kind of documentaries since there aren't, there isn't a lot of footage. Like we always take the task, a document, like something like a man on wire coming out. And then they come out with the Joseph Gordon Levitt movie later. And it's like, well, we've got footage yeah. of all the real shit that happened. Why do we need this dr- dramatized at all? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that, uh, whatever that documentary was called, I think it's got a million names. Uh, I mean, a million words in the name, but it's an Island of Dr. Moreau making like a, a history, like a story behind the Island of Dr. Moreau, how that, how, um, Really good documentary, but I would like to see a dramatization of the making of Island of Dr. Moreau. All the different crazy shit that happened um, in that. And uh, and uh, I think it would make a fantastic movie. Uh, but considering that David Thewlis has come out to say something to the effect that I'm never going to talk about anything that happened on that set, is wow. A makes me even more intrigued but b maybe we'll never get enough of the story to really know to to really hit and to make this a perfect movie but i think that that would be a great movie uh uh if they did that right um uh, all the little tension between marlon brando and val kilmer the director getting fired and then like going off in into the woods and and coming back as an extra all that type of stuff is I have to see that on screen. I have to see that since we don't have footage of it, I have to see it on screen. So I think it would be great. I have so many answers here. This is a question you can make a whole podcast. Mm-hmm. Out of. Um, the first thing I thought of was that uh, Robinson guy in Molly's game, Jackie Robinson's brother who came in second. Oh to, yeah. Um, oh, who's the runner? Uh, Owens. Who's the Olympic runner? Jesse Owens? That she's talking about. It's not. Anyway, he broke the world record. Guy who came in second also broke the world record, but because he came in second, nobody ever remembers him. That guy's brother also happened to be Jackie Robinson. I think you could look at uh, two of the biggest sport stories in all of history through the lens of this one guy who never got to have any of that glory. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a very interesting uh, story to tell. Yeah. Similarly, I wrote uh, any of the Midnight Ride guys um, from the Revolutionary Era that got overshadowed by Paul Revere. Yeah. Uh, because Paul Revere is the only guy anybody remembers, but there were like three or four different guys that made Midnight Rides that really kind of saved the bacon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, history does this all the time. Um, there's, there was a woman who refused to give up her seat on a bus um, before Rosa Parks did. Uh, but she's not known by history as much as Rosa Parks is. Right. 
Um, so somebody like that, somebody who history has straight up overshadowed, uh, getting their chance to shine in a movie, I think that would be pretty awesome. Although, if I'm if I'm honest, a movie about riding a horse at night not very exciting probably. well it would it would be all the things leading up to that right it wouldn't yeah. be the yeah. you know wouldn't be just the horse riding or else we'd have a 10 minute movie so i would like to thank everybody for coming out mm -hmm. to the live chat um i really like seeing your digital avatar faces every mm -hmm. week uh, i also want to give a shout out to all the listeners we really appreciate you and uh <clears throat> if you have suggestions on small or big recommends, you can always send them to recotopia at cinemasins.com. Okay, cool. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody. This uh, The next one is top secret. It'll be in a couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. part of the live show by being a member of the sin club at patreon at patreon.com slash cinema sins chat with us on the cinema sins discord at discord.gg slash cinema sins or cinema sins twitter at cinema sins and email any comments or questions to recotopia at cinema sins.com that's r-e-c-o-t-o-p-i-a at cinema sins.com That's not very loud. Why isn't it louder? Louder. Chowder. Say chowder. The next shot is like he's peeking through some floorboards or something. It's like, it's not even, I don't even know what it is. And when they cut away to the long shot of the mayor, it's like, where is he? If he's up there, where where is he looking down at the mayor, you know? But then he shows up inside and I'm like, Okay, that doesn't explain how he got in at all. I'm more I'm more concerned with why the skylight exists. Yeah. I, I'm like, is there a 30-foot pole somewhere in this guy's living room where he reaches up to crack the skylight open when he wants some air? It's also pouring rain right, right now. Right. That might be the first time in history I ever uh, accidentally turned in a script early. Like somewhere halfway between the time... Uh, it was, it, it's supposed to happen. They're like, you've, we've the price lines. Like we've detected a change in your flight. And I was like, Oh, it's at six o'clock now. Okay. Whatever. I'll worry about it when I get there. Oh, it's now it's there. <laughs> you should just change your lifestyle completely and fly like Adrian Grenier. Mm. Don't bring anything but the jeans and t-shirt you're wearing. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because. You can buy whatever the fuck you need when you get there yeah. if you're Adrian Grenier. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. So, yeah, they're going to be tough to beat no matter who comes out of the East. I mean, Rangers or Lightning, I mean, they're that, that Avalanche team is a handful, man. That's a team that could win six to Stanley Cups if they keep it together. Yeah, and they, you know, might have the ownership to do that. Mm -hmm. you know, unlike a certain... <clears throat> Local yeah, hockey local team. club. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Is it weird to wish that your favorite sports team millionaire owner had more millions? Hey, we both made it back in time. Yay. Go us. Mm -hmm. We should be praised for being able to get drinks and coming back in a minute. 